I've been here many times before and I've never been defeated and still I will never be defeated. It's Jay. And this is Chuck. What's up, everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of Tour Front, and I greet you in the legendary words of Ngugiwa Tiongo as his character Matigari when he says, There is no night so long that it does not end with the dawn. We have come to the end of 2020, as dark, as twisted, as much as it has taken away, as it has, even 2020 has come to an end. And we are here with our last episode of this year. With a wrap up and other goodies in between. Chuck, what did it do? That's a very good quote, but I don't even know who that guy is. But you need nice to quote. read more, Chuck. Yeah, like, I read. So I'm here. So I'm here to give you more culture. What's up, guys? This is Chuck. Um, right off the bat, I think to take from your quote, there is no night that is as long and dark as was faced by the Arsenal fans. Wow. And eventually, wow. <laughs> eventually. <laughs> Saka, Granit Xhaka, um, who else scored? Lacazette with the Lacazette, penalty. Lacazette, there we go. Eventually brought you that light of dawn. <sighs> Jay, it's finally over. <laughs> Is it? Well, for now, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's finally over. Um, we put out, Ateta put out a different side. I uh, made a few changes. Um, some were enforced, um, some were tactical, but they did the business. Um, and guys, I told you. Although now, yeah, because I know, I must admit, I said in the end that I was joking, but I told you, put your money on Arsenal if you want to make money. Arsenal beat Chelsea. Jay, what you make of it? You know what? I'm I'm happy. <laughs> I'm ha- <laughs> Man, the last time I experienced Arsenal winning a, a match in the league was November 1. November yeah. 1! Yeah, which yeah. was against Manchester United. Just put that out there. So, apparently, uh, Arsenal can only show up for these massive games. But, on the real, I'm... I, I'm ecstatic by the result, and as much as when you look when you look at the result and you look at the personnel that delivered the result, you may want to credit Arteta, which is what a lot of people were doing. But I am going to take a different a different view to that because Arteta won that game. Arsenal won that game because Arteta made changes. He made changes that everyone and their grandmother were calling for for a long time. I mean, it is. The, the 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 most common definition of insanity when you do one and the same thing and expect a different result. He continued to play with the same players. He continued to play with the veteran players who are not expected to be a part of Arsenal's future. I mean, when 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 Gabriel is is, is out because he's suspended and now he's out because of COVID tests, why are you playing Mustafi? Even in 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 the in the EFL Cup, why are you playing Mustafi when you know like Mustafi is not going to be a part of Arsenal going forward. Why isn't Saliba part of the team? Okay, great. In this game, he played Smith-Rowe. How long have I been on this podcast calling for Smith-Rowe? A very episode. long time. <laughs> <laughs> a while, Chuck. A, a, a while. But and you, I mean, let, me, let me be the devil's advocate and say, so you finally did what you guys were calling for. Is it still wrong to do that? He's not wrong to do it, but I mean, what's, what's his worth as a late? coach in this point? Like, I, it, it was an obvious thing. You know what? If you... Do something that if something is happening that 
a majority of people cannot really put their finger on. Mm-hmm. Then if you solve that, it's like, okay, that's completely down to you. But literally, literally, this was the call from all corners. Just make changes. Let's mm-hmm. see how that goes. Put your trust in, 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 the, in the younger fellas. The younger fellas have been performing in, in the Europa League, you know? Yeah. And sure, the competition is not that high in the Europa League. But that was at least give it a shot. You know, if it doesn't work, you can then come back and say, this is the thing that people are calling for or maybe even heard it from within the building. But the reason I go with the veterans is because they are they, they have experience at this level and we have to continue with them until such a time as the young players are ready. But clearly, the young players are hungry. You could see it in that game as well. Um, they, they gave much more of an effort than we've seen from the tried and trusted in the last couple of months. I think what Arsenal finally had is like attacking impetus and and were like a genuine threat throughout the whole game, whereas in, in games gone by Arsenal just have the ball and they really just have the ball. It's interesting that they played so well without Obama Young. I mean, I'm just saying to maybe Obama Young needs to take a break as well. This is what I'm. I actually did for. call for that. Yeah, as well. to be to be, but you said he should be tried in the Europa maybe to maybe find a score. One of two not, things. Either be set down in, yeah. in, in the league. Maybe he's tired or maybe he needs to rethink some things. And then also try him in the Europa for his confidence because we score goals for fun um, in that competition. So that's that's where I was suggesting should happen with Aubameyang. I'm looking at um, Frank Lampard's quote and I'm looking at what we're talking about now in terms of um, Arteta not trying um, to change and ch- chop and change his squad just yet. He did it now in this game. But when Frank lost, he put the blame down to his players. They're the ones without the energy, without the understanding of the basics that should, should have been happening in the game. Arteta stuck to his, to his personnel and his response after all these games that I'm still trying to figure it out. Do you not think then that other than him getting it right now and making the changes that were always called for, do you not think that he's come to a realization as opposed to having a knee-jerk reaction with, oh, okay, we're losing, let's just put in the young players. Do you not think that that's a more thought out plan and a remedy to Arsenal's form because I think if someone like Arteta I'm sorry someone like Lampard says it's the player's fault the next game they're going to play he's going to make changes and assume that the players that are going to come in are going to perform and the question is then what are they seeing on the training ground because one is saying I'm sticking with these players because there's something I'm seeing there and I, and I assume at some point sooner or later the win will come one is saying it's their fault and so my question is at the end then Uzuguti, he finally got to make the change and you guys are not you Jay personally is not loading him for it because it's been long in coming. But do you not respect him for making it now, considering the the, the opposition coach is blaming the players where he was trying to find another solution? Kudos for doing it. Right. Mm. And I I wanna say I'm not I'm not like the Arsenal fans that just keep trending on social media because we keep saying things out of pocket because we are just an angry bunch these these days. Because I've been consistent with giving coaches the plaudits when they deserve it and also criticizing them when they deserve it. I've said that mm. with the squad that Ole Ole has at Manchester United, any world class manager would take that team to top four easily and maybe even challenge for the EPL title. I said you and I could coach like those players because it's such it's such a good collection of players, right? Yeah. So even at Arsenal, so the thing I'm saying, kudos to Arteta for actually making the changes. Mm. But as you said, some of them were enforced. See, if the changes came in a game after a midweek performance in the Europa where you got to see these players impress, then you're thinking to yourself, okay, let's go with that momentum. Let's go with the performances that they've just shown. They've just earned their way into the team and I'm going to reward them. Instead, when when that was actually happening, when the Europa was still on before the break that it's on now until um, the beginning of the year, 
the players were impressing in those matches. And after those matches, in between those matches, there was the the, the ratchet form that is in the EPL, right? Mm. And so after those matches, as I'm saying, everyone who watched Arsenal in the Europa was saying, give these guys a go because these guys have confidence. These guys actually have experienced winning recently in an Arsenal shirt. Mm. And what do you have to lose because you are losing every okay. game anyway? So the fact that it's come, what, weeks after the Europa uh, has, has, has closed down and weeks after you lost have seen these guys performing, that's not... That I don't think that's something that he's seen on on the training pitch. I don't think I I can't I cannot figure where he has taken the idea to to slot them into the team, having watched them recently in Watkins because there wasn't a recent performance from them. Mm. Instead, the last the last game that Arsenal played outside of the EPL was that four one thrashing by Manchester City in the AFL Cup. You know, so nothing in that game would suggest to you, okay, go with these guys. So he goes with these guys, and I can't help but feel so that's, you, were, that's why you, were, you were lucky to have that result. That's why I'm thinking, was it not a more careful and considered approach for him to get the guys in there as opposed to... Why? These what, guys the, what was he considering? What I, was he I, considering? I don't know. I'm just thinking, he, he, that the, whole, these guys the whole time you're saying, you're saying he's going to find solutions. And here's the solutions that won him the game. Because this, for me, then puts pressure on him to play the same team in the next game. Because you guys are saying, to make changes. That pressure now. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. But now, it seems considered as opposed to... About that, because I think you guys were always waiting on Martinelli to be fit, and he was going to start. I think if he if he was fit, yeah. Um, in terms of uh, Smith Rowe, he was just waiting in the wings to get his chance, which you guys were calling for. Um, the defender, oh, is it Nari? I forget his name, but I don't think he's going to be Paulo Mari. I don't think he's going to be a regular. Neither will Cedric be. But those those tweaks and those changes, and uh, Saka playing where he was playing, I think those those uh, changes were warranted and they worked. So you want more of the same next game. Do you think that's what would get you the win? Yeah, more of the same because they just won a game. So this is what I'm saying. On that, on the on, on the back of that performance, you reward them by playing them in the next game, you know, and you give them a good run in the team, mm. not just do like one 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 match and maybe it doesn't go so well against Brighton and then you revert back to something that hasn't hasn't. These guys, Chuck, the these veteran players, mm. they were not working under un, under the last days of. Emery. Emery, mm. right? And so they lost Emery his job. And then in comes Arteta. And we know that there's a, a, a massive undertaking that needs to happen at Arsenal. There's a massive changeover, a turnover of players that needs to happen. The same, the same group of players, every time they're on the pitch, you're not seeing anything from them that goes, oh, they're better under this manager. All they needed was a different voice. All they needed were different tactics. Mm. Instead, when you, watch, when you watch that game, that Arsenal game against Chelsea, now you start to realize that, you know what? Perhaps Arteta still does have the blueprint. Perhaps the system is not the issue. Perhaps mm. the coach is not that much of an issue, except for he's 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 insisting on sticking with particular players that aren't working. Perhaps it is the personnel. Mm. You know, and he doesn't say that, and he actually backs his players. Perhaps what what was what, what is what 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 is true is what Lampard was saying of his players that, and I've always felt this that the issue at Arsenal has been the players. Mm. It has been the players. I don't. I don't care about. I, I don't. I don't care at all about the performance that Granit Xhaka put in against Chelsea. It's he will give you one of those in every ten games, as you were trolling me like <laughs> recently. He will give you one of those in every ten games. But this is not suddenly a reason for him to continue in the in the team. The same Granit Xhaka. Oh my goodness, this guy gets my blood boiling. The same Granit Xhaka who comes out after the game and says that people started talking again, but he's going to let his his football do the talking. Xhaka got a red card, and he didn't come out on any platform with an apology when Pepe 
Gabriel got a red card, he apologized on his Instagram. Same thing when Gabriel got a red card, he also came out with an apology for the fans. They didn't have to do that, but they were courteous enough to do that. Shaka, who has a who has, who who has a strange relationship with the fans, mm. he decides that he's just going to radio silence, and then he's going to come back into the team, put in a a performance, and then he's going to tell us that we started talking again. Get that guy out of the team. Get that guy out of Arsenal quick, fast, and in a hurry. So this is the question now. Would you say that this is the strongest Arsenal team? Or is this the Arsenal team that gets the results? Because going forward, with the, with the January transfer window coming up, who do you sell, who do you add, and who do you keep, not only in the team, but in the starting eleven? Because it might just be with this is um, a breath of fresh air and they were able to perform in this one game. Because if you look at uh, Chelsea on the other side, they were nowhere. There, there, there isn't a single Chelsea name I can bring up and say he had a good game. There isn't even one. At closest is Mason Mount, Pale. And so the question is, because Frank clearly has the same problem. He doesn't know which is his best team, who to play when. Um, he tried the team of Werner through the center. It's not working. Put him out wide. It's not working. He now has to get, um, gamble between um, Giroud and Tammy Abraham. Havertz is nowhere to be seen. Ziek is still out injured. Pulisic was subpar. Ngole Kante has gone back, has reverted to Ngole Kante of 2020, which is not impressive at all. With Chelsea then, looking at them, first answer the question, do you think this is the best Arsenal lineup, Or do you think they still need to make some of the senior players need to come back? And do you think that Frank also has a situation with his players not performing? The only people who need to come back into this Arsenal team as per the starting lineup against Chelsea is Gabriel it is party when he's when he's when he's fit again, and Aubameyang when he's fit again as and well. And then who goes to the bench because that's three players coming in. Well, Pablo Mari, either Mari or Holding. I actually maybe would want to see Mari alongside um, Gabriel. Mm-hmm. One of them two goes to the bench. Uh, I'd really love Shaka to go to the bench, but in crazy crazy as it may sound, <laughs> Elden is actually a worse player. Even yeah, in a performance no, where most of the players shined, he was still <laughs> I saw that. not up to par. He went to vintage Al Nani. The Al Nani we he know, really did. sadly. And so, and then in, in like up top, I, I think Aubameyang is still the best uh, pure goal scorer at Arsenal. Uh, Long term, he is the person who's supposed to be playing up top. And a front three of Aubameyang, Saka for Pepe and Martinelli then on, on the left on the left, it might be something that might work for Arsenal. I've, I've said to you before that I don't think Saka is our answer on, on the right because he hasn't played there much, you know. Mm. But then he played there this past um, this past weekend and he was actually good. And I think this boy is actually much better than I tend to give him credit for. I think I think I have he's the same also feeling whenever I he's watch him as learning well. on the go and he's adapting. And he, you know what? He strikes me to have this quiet confidence that he, he belongs at this level because the first time I ever saw him against Eintracht Frankfurt in the Europa League and he put in a performance of note... He was all over the show, and you would not be able to tell that this, think, this is this is a kid. I think Saka still feels like a kid, amongst yeah. all the other. He feels very shy amongst all, amongst all the other guys, and he still feels like a kid of the of the group. But I think if he but realizes, he yeah, I think if he realizes that he is on par with his with his colleagues, I think he'll go even another level higher. Switching back to Chelsea. So Frank Lampard is asked after the game, um, why why does he think they offered the performance that they they did? Why were they off the pace? And his answer to that question is that's one for the players to answer. And then he goes on in the same interview saying that they gave away a penalty and a free kick and that was lazy. Mm-hmm. So Frank Lampard threw his players under the bus. Fair or foul? Uh, as a man who was coached by Mourinho, 
<laughs> it doesn't sound too unfamiliar for him to say that because Marino stay putting people on the bus. And I didn't hear him praising Dombele, a side comment, because he always puts Dombele under the bus, and Dombele yeah. had one of the greatest nights in a Spurs shirt. Back to the topic. I think that's foul. I think that's foul. I mean, yeah, okay, it's, it's, it's true. Chelsea were off-color on the, on the night. They didn't perform the way we know they can. But the thing is, for whatever reason, and maybe it is touched upon which was personal change, Arsenal played like Arsenal. Like, they didn't revert to this defensive, solid structure. They were going at Chelsea risking it at, at times in terms of um, being hit, hit on the counter, but they were, they were playing like Arsenal play. And for some reason, Chelsea was subdued. And for me, sometimes I put that down to N'Golo Kante, because if N'Golo Kante is on form, then the rest of the team can operate. I mean, he made a, 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 a sub where he put Georgina on, and I thought, and he pulled off Kovacic. I think he should have pulled off Kante. Um, I, I don't think it's the, the player's fault entirely. Um, yeah, they didn't perform, but I think sometimes Frank does not instill in them the confidence to do that because he, he himself, he doesn't give you the confidence of what he knows what he's doing. I think yeah. Frank, Frank gets it right on certain days because it worked on the day, not because he, he, he intended it to work the way it works. I mean, when you see the Chelsea performances against the smaller t- teams when they, when they dominate, you're like, okay, that's the Chelsea that should, that, should be, that should be playing out there every other day. But when you see the Chelsea against the Evertons and against the Wolves, this is game number three. He still hasn't found a solution. And he's still blaming the players now. And the thing is, you guys underperformed. It was more 50-50 against Everton. Against Wolves, you were under the cosh. Against Arsenal, you had no... Like, dude, the, the game went on as it was in the first half until the, the end of the game. Even at halftime, you don't have a response. And at the full time, you're going to blame the players. So for me, Frank needs to take a lot of the responsibility, not some, a lot of it. Because, I mean, fair play to Arteta. He kept on saying, I'm, I'm scratching my head. I'm looking for solutions, you know. He looked like a clown when he was saying that because, like, dude, you're the coach. Do something, you know. And the, re- the results kept on coming the way they were. Frank needs to stop blaming the players. Because someone like Werner, who doesn't have confidence right now because he's not scoring. Someone like Havertz. If you're going to blame the players again, when will they perform for you? Sure, professional players, <clears throat> they're adults and they have responsibility to their team for themselves. You should not need to be motivated to go out there. Mm. Sure, we know that. But Frank Lampard, you are actually being paid to coach these players. Regardless of what you think in terms of where they... You know what? As as a player, Frank Lampard was maybe a, a, a self-motivated guy, you mm. know? And a John Terry is that type of personality. A Roy Keane is that type of personality. But then some people do maybe need a rollicking. Some people need you to throw your arm around them. Some people need need a little more specialized one-on-one time, specialized coaching. Mm. This is what you are being paid for. You are being paid to bring these individuals together and make sure that they put out performances consistently out there on the pitch that would warrant them being where the kind of investment that has been put into this team, they should be, mm. you know? I mean, in... in the. Chelsea now have a game coming up against Manchester City today. No, they play Villa. This week. Yeah, then City, yeah. Oh, yeah, next week. They, yes, the next game after Villa is against Manchester City. In games against Arsenal, Manchester United, Liverpool, Tottenham, and yeah, in those, in those games, they have not managed a win against any of those teams. At some point, we need to ask the coach, why is it that your players do not show up for the big games? 
it cannot just be that these guys is is something in their personalities, is something in their makeup. Some of these players, like 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 Angolo Kante, these these are Premiership winning players. Angolo yeah. Kante has two Premiership uh, medals to his name, you know. Yep. So I I don't know if you want to question his his motivation, and if you want to question the motivation of the players as a collective, well, there is a captain to that ship, and that is Frank Lampard. So. If 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 the players and what they're putting out there, and as we have seen that he he chops and changes, he doesn't quite really know what his 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 best eleven is. Mm. That comes back to you. Mm. That doesn't come back to the players, you know. So it's foul for me. It's yeah. foul because Frank Lampard is he does he he doesn't want to take the blame. He doesn't want to be the person who the buck stops with, even though it's supposed to be that way because he's the guy who's in charge. Like I know, maybe we're putting the magnifying glass on Frank because a lot of other managers have put uh, their players under the bus. But you, when you wonder with Kepa Oguti, if if Frank can say this in public, and Kepa's have ha, had that bad run which he had before he got um, relegated to the bench because of Mendy, was there something that he was saying to boost his confidence, or was he saying, "Dude, no, you're the keeper, you're the number one choice. Find a way to stop all these goals," because seemingly he's leaving it to the players to figure it out. Which you guys should be able to figure out in terms of positions, the basics, the motivation. You guys are good enough, and you're supposed to figure it out. So I wonder, Wuti, with him saying this in public, did Kepa have a helping hand or a motivation from Frank Lampard to say, "Wuti, you can do better. You can reach the heights that you had in two or three seasons uh, gone by." Or do you think Frank Utilos was born now? It would be interesting to know. Eh? Because Kepa is nowhere to be seen now. And there's no way he's coming back into the team. No. Unless Mendy gets injured. Kepa did that to himself, though. Yeah, but I'm just <laughs> His saying... His performances do not warrant him being Was there someone helping him out? Chelsea shirt. That's, that's a good question. And that's because you question. look at... Sorry to, sorry to interrupt, but look at... Uh, maybe for them, because they've got limited funds or whatever. Jordan Pickford is wearing that Everton jersey. Why, why? Regardless of what he does. But with Kepa, yeah, he didn't help himself. But I don't think there's anyone who's, who has an arm around Kepa's shoulder to say, well, "Dude, you can you can get back to number one status." It would be it'd be an interesting one. I I do wonder what Frank is saying to these players um, behind closed doors. I just don't, you know. I do I do believe that there are occasions where you should speak harshly about your players in in a in a public domain. You think so? I think I think I, I think there are them all the time. You know what? When some players, uh, some players, this is what I'm saying, and you need to know the individuals and the personalities that are on your team. Some players need that hard love, you know. Mm. Um, again, I don't know what Frank is doing behind closed doors. I don't know what conversations he's having with these guys as a collective or as as individuals after he said that about them in public. It's not. It's really a mm. good thing to go out there and speak about your players that way, you know, mm. and. You find you find Oli gets criticized for seemingly everything is always sunshine and rainbows with him, <laughs> but I tend to think his players probably enjoy playing for him. You mm. know, but then the but but then the perception you have is that he's not hard enough on the players. On the ones who are underperforming. I yeah. think you can. I think you can be hard. You can take a stance where wherein you 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 convey how you feel about a performance without necessarily going the extent that that Frank did. Mm. You know, when you say when it when it's asked of you, why do you think you're off the pace? And you say. That's one for the players. Like, go ask them. Mm. I was like, how old are you? You're too, like 12. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you should say things like that. And I don't know. I don't know if it's if it, if it's youth that is that is, that is, that has come across um, from Frank Lampard. Yeah. Uh, and these young coaches, they do have <laughs> they do have a difficult time when times do get tough. You know, we saw with Arteta recently where he was like he is scratching his head, mm. and he he was downcast and he's he, and he didn't look 
like someone who you could um, get any confidence from as a player when you watched him in, in those interviews, you know? And in most in most cases, winning solves everything. If you win, you don't get these questions. I think, and you don't have to answer things of this nature. I think Lampard's going to test it again. I think Aston Villa beat Chelsea, and we'll hear what he says after that. We will see. All right. right. Uh, we go to our EPL team of the year, as was selected by Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville. And so, Jay, here's the list. We'll see what we make of it. Do we agree with most or all of it? And what, what will we change? So, um, running the team from the goalkeeping position all the way to the forwards, we got Allison, we got Van Dyke, we got Robertson, we have Trent, Cody, Connor Cody, Bruno Fernandez, Henderson, Kevin De Bruyne, Kane, Son, and Mo Salah. What do you make of that team? Uh, standard. I, I think. I think I wouldn't argue with most of the selections on on that list. The only the only selections that I might want to reconsider or to to think a little more about is regardless of the fact that he won PFA or PFW, one of those two, Player of the of the Year, Jordan mm. Henderson. Mm. Uh, by the way, I'm not a Jordan Henderson hater. Um, I've I've come away from that, saying that he's the probably leaf. the worst thing to happen to Liverpool. He's he's a solid player, but I'm still not convinced that he's one of the eleven best players in the league or one of the three best players in his position. So Jordan Henderson, hmm, hmm. I'd, I'd, I'd look at that again. I'd actually look at Kane uh, compared to Vardy. The only reason I say that because this is a player, uh, it's, it's a team of the year of 2020, and Kane did not play a single game before the lockdown. He only came back in this new season. Well, no, he came back after the lockdown and yeah. then into so so his consideration is based on what he did after the uh, after the lockdown as well as then into this new season. Um, and then there is the inclusion of Son of Amane, which is which is an interesting one. Um, hmm. I don't know if I'm leaning in any particular direction with that but in terms of 2020 the thing the thing is Liverpool had wrapped up the league very early on and as I said Kane was was out of the Tottenham team for a long time and in his absence um Son did actually carry some of that some of some of that weight but not for too long because as I'm saying the the season was called off early Hmm. in the year and the bulk of what Son has done now in the in the 2020-2021 season or the latter part of this year is with Kane and it does it, it's very curious to me I don't know how well he can do it without Kane hmm. I think those, those are interesting points here especially with Vardy because Vardy did finish off as the leading goal scorer of the season based on what he did at the, at the top of the year post lockdown and he's still firing goals Yeah. whereas Kane only has this season to contend with um, because we're looking at the calendar year as but you the said the thing is Kane is, has such a well-rounded game yeah and 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 both teams are heavily reliant on those particular players. That's interesting. I'll tell you one thing I'm sure of. Um, I would probably re- replace Henderson with Jack Grealish. And I say this because, not only because of the great start that he has to this campaign, but, I mean, you, Jack Grealish was always special in, in a Villa shirt. Regardless of where the Aston Villa were as a team, um, Jack Grealish was always the glue that held them together. Whenever there's a good performance in a, for, for Aston Villa, Jack Grealish was central to that. So I think, for me, he sneaks his way past Henderson. Henderson, I think, for me, Henderson and Allison go into the team of the year because of what Liverpool achieved. I think Allison has the clean sheets that he has and the performance that he had because of the people ahead of him. I mean, without... Did Pope have a better season? And, or even Henderson? 
when he was at Sheffield. Henderson had a very good season for because they got him a, a call up for the English national team as well. Had a very good season for Sheffield. I think Allison goes in there because of of the Van Dykes and the trends that are ahead of him. Although Allison is a very good keeper. He he has not been tested as much, but he is he a is good a keeper. He is a very good yeah. keeper because when you when you see guys go through one and one with him, he he gives you that Schmeichel thing where he's he he makes himself big and he's he's hard to beat. You know, yeah. we don't we don't we don't really know how how good he is like peak wise because as you're saying, he's not yet played behind a very porous defense where he is tested all the time. But I mean, I mean, it's not that he doesn't deserve to be there. Mm. I don't think that's what we're saying. But when you consider the team that Burnley are, you can see Burnley are struggling this season, for yeah. example. Um, and they also they also like a heavily defensive team. But in terms of the clean sheets and the shot stopping ability that Pope offered, it was it was a high end. Mm. Um, same as Henderson for the for the fact that Manchester United took Henderson back on rather yeah. than selling him to Sheffield or any other. Uh, prospective buyers and the fact that there was conversation around will he usurp uh, De Gea as United's number one De Gea who has been United's best player of the last decade if if perhaps actually yeah of the last decade it's probably yeah. that's that that those performances were were also like very like world class you yeah. know so I consider them also in the goalkeeping position but I think also I, I'm going with you um, Greenish over Henderson because yeah. Greenish is Grealish is to Aston Villa what Messi was is to Barcelona. He's he's so very clearly a big, big, big fish in that small pond that is yeah. there. And when you see him do what he does now in the season, we're not really he's surprised. He's elevated. Yeah, it's on the next level. Uh, so another thing, I mean, before I even go to the next um, position, I think to give props to Edison is that when he has been tested, he's, he's come up he's on top. Up, yeah, top you've never gone through a Liverpool game and say that guy cost him a goal or whatever. It's, it's not not in the past season. Not I think now, the anyway. greatest compliment we can pay to Edison is something that Gary Neville actually did say hmm. that Liverpool were not winning the league with the goalkeeping choices that they had, the yeah. goalkeeping options that they had. They were not going to sniff the league. Edison, hmm. as much as it comes be, comes in behind Van Dyke and that and the team, the rest of the team that's in front of him. He actually is a big cog in, 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 in why they were able to take that step. Because without him, they were not winning a Champions League. They were finishing second as well. They finished second in the Champions League, if you want to put it that way. Finished second in the league. They get him. They take that step up and they win the whole thing in Europe, win the whole thing in England as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think Mo Salah is cemented in that team. Um, his goals were in, yeah, he's integ- integral to Liverpool winning. The one point that I have of contention is Son in there because you also threw up the name uh, Sadio Mane. I want to put in Rashford as well. I don't know if now I'm considering the entire season, not just the EPL. season. I think yeah. in 2020, the year, he, he... I don't think this year finishing he's off, been Finishing off the, 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 the season, he was actually good. I mean, the front three of Greenwood, Marshall and Rashford on fire towards like, post, when post-lockdown. We, when we came back post-lockdown, he actually... Because he was coming back from an injury, if yeah, you recall. Yeah, back injury, um, yeah. And he, he, took, he took a long time to, to find his stride again. And I, there were Manchester United uh, fans who were not impressed with him anymore and said that it was just an early season form. I'm a big fan of Rashford. Mm. I I don't think though because of his dip in form after coming back from injury. I I, I think still I would go for either Mane or Son over him. But then who would you give it to then? Between Mane and Son, mm. um, 
I think if I was starting a team, I'd take Mane. But in 2020, by a hair, I might take Son. Well, no, the Pushkas. Put it this way. I think... I think if I think Liverpool can can be very much what they are without Mane hmm. or close to it, let me put it that way, they won't be quite the same thing because Mane is world class. But if you if you remove Son from Tottenham, it it crumbles. It's the same thing as Kane. Like yeah. without without Son, there's there isn't a replacement for him in in that team. So that's why I'd I'd, I'd go with. So in Son. the end, we largely agree with the team except for Grealish Henderson. Yeah, Henderson, get no love from two up front. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next uh, award that was decided by other people, not us, uh, was that Robert Lewandowski got the award for being the best. FIFA. Yeah, best FIFA, footballer. the best, yeah, yeah, it's called the award. Best footballer of the calendar year, right? Yes, sir. Which is 2020. I I was about to ask you, but thinking about it, I have no arguments with that whatsoever. I mean, Neither. if you look at the fact that he was top goal scorer in every competition he played in, whether it's the Polka or the League or the Champions League or wherever he played, he was top goal scorer. How do you contend with that? It's hard in the day and age where the top goal scorer is awarded that award, you know. Mm. And I think, well, I say it that way, but Messi and Ronaldo changed football. Uh, and... The thing, the thing about it is, those guys, performance-wise, at their peak, mm. it was it was ridiculous, and it happened to include a ridiculous amount of goals. So as a result, that became that became the goalpost, that became the bar. Uh, that whoever whoever is, I suppose, the top goal scorer in the best team of any particular season, particular year, he is awarded with the mm. um, player of of the year award. You know. And in terms of Lewandowski, he plays for a Bayern Munich that destroyed all comers in all competitions, and he was, he he was the leading light. Um, yeah. I, the, the thing for me with Lewandowski is, mm. I for I think if you switch up Lewandowski with Kane, they have the exact same result at Bayern Munich. You know. Yeah. But the reality is, it is Lewandowski in that position, and with what has transpired, yeah, he deserves the the Player of the Year. He's the best player in the world, though. Is that the same thing? Uh, currently, we should say yes. I mean, the only time people voted otherwise in terms of the best player being the best goal scorer was when Luka Modric picked it up. Yeah. But then we went back to um, default. The norm, yes. Yeah, the norm, and we picked out the, the goal back scorer. Is he the best? I think in a calendar year, I'd give it to him. I can't... Yeah, Neymar had a, had a good season and good Champions League campaign, and so did Mbappe because they play in France. So it's every Is season. he the best player? Playing football on the planet. Jay, right I don't think that's the right criteria. Now. No, 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 I'm asking you that question. I know that's not. I, we don't even know what the criteria is for 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 these awards, as I, I've said before. I I'd like to look at the fact that having won all that Bayern did and being the best player on the best team, I'd have to give it to him just based on that criteria. That's how I'm going to look at it right now. With the best player on an all dominating team scored okay, tons Chad, of goals. Let me I let me simplify this for you. You we are on the playground. Fist peak Mwanawen, right? Yeah. Who, of all the players available to you in the world, who are you picking first on your team? Obviously based on the calendar year, right? Not just no, no, no. Jay. Jay. Okay, yes, on the, calen- oh, yes, on the calendar year, but also considering all these players, like all of them and the individual talents. We have a lineup of all the players in the world and you are picking first, you are going with. I have to say Lewandowski because wow. he's the best player. Because, yeah, I could say I want to play with Thiago's Kuma Pass and football would be nice, it would be a bliss. I could have Kevin De Bruyne, but 
2020. Lewandowski owns 2020. In your team, he's not he's not playing for Bayern Munich, right? He's playing for your team. Or he's playing on any team. So if you could drop... I but, suppose, yeah, but that's the context I, 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 of I, I, it, though. Okay, yes. Yeah. Okay, I suppose um, maybe my context is if you were to take player X and drop them okay, into any situation... Who would you pick and why would you pick them? Neymar. I think Neymar? Ne- I think Neymar is the best player in the world right now. Aye, Jay. You know what? When you, I'll, when I'll you go away... I'll even put above, above Neymar. Brad, Neymar's different, eh? You know what? I, was, I, I think I may have been in denial about this for a long time, but... I watched Neymar in that in 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 that UCL um, tournament because I don't watch him playing for PSG in France. Who watches League One, Farmer Farmers League, and all of that? Neymar dragged PSG. He was not supposed to because PSG were in the easier half of what what became that draw, and he does have a, a very good running mate in in Mbappe. And I also even thought that Mbappe is the better of the two. But on on any given day, right now the highest peak of football delivered by any individual player in the world, I think is, de- is delivered by the Brazilian number 10. But you, when you look at the fact that PSG are going to dominate anyway, everywhere, right? Maybe the same could be said of Bayern. <laughs> but my point was this. If a guy can score in any competition, can be top scorer in any competition that he played in the calendar year, surely it must be his year. Like, not even Neymar could upset the train that was Lewandowski in Bayern Munich. They met because, face to face because they they were overwhelming favorites. They are they they are such a and, better and team. Again, and again, Jay, when you when you look at um this this season's campaign, Champions League, how stellar was Neymar? Only but for that, two games that, that, in the that, group that stage. That guy is delivering. Like we speak about stats and the goals that Lewandowski has scored. That guy, Neymar, that is, he's delivering stats of having completed sixteen dribbles in in a match. For me, right? For yeah. me, I think the but highest degree of difficulty the, in football yeah. is. Because we're judging individuals, right? Mm-hmm. The thing that like, is, 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 is different about a player that makes a player stand out than his contemporaries is what can you do on an individual basis that not anyone or not many people can do. And if those who can do it can't do it quite on your level. And I think with what Neymar can do with the football at his feet, in terms of what he can, he can do by himself, the things that he can create and the, the match-winning ability that he... he, he he possesses by himself is not something Lewandowski could not dream of playing with Neymar. Let, like let that. me let me put it this way. So um, I think Lewandowski needs the team that is behind him. I don't think Neymar needs anyone. Really. I think he needs Suarez and Messi. But let me let me go and tell you this. Let me tell you this. So there's there's a set criteria, and I don't know which one prevails in terms of current football models. But man of the match, right? It's either this is what I thought given to the best player in the game. But there's another school of thought it's been given to the one who impacted the game the most. So if Neymar has 16 dribbles, but he's pivotal to them winning the game. And so with him contributing what he contributed for Bayern, I think that's the criteria who has the most impact for Bayern Munich on their all-conquering run in 2020. And I think that's Lewandowski. Neymar has the dribbles, the passes. He is a better footballer. But did he have the same impact as Lewandowski? I think that's a no. I think he, I, I, I think he had a bigger impact. That's what I'm saying. I, and I, what I'm saying also is on any team, on any team, he's the guy I'm picking. I'm picking first, by the way. On any team, he has a bigger impact. If you, if the question is, uh, is Lewandowski more clinical than Neymar? Yeah, you know, does he, does he, does he score more goals? Yes. But for example, the, I'm, I'm someone who thinks that goals are not weighted the same. If you score a hat trick and your and your team like was already winning five or four, 
I don't I don't consider that as a massively great performance in terms of wow your goals contributed towards your team winning that match they were they were empty calories at some point you know that's not to take away from the fact that it, it's a massively great achievement to be scoring more than a goal a game you know and I give that to Lewandowski take nothing away from him I do believe he deserved that award but if you're asking me who the best player on the planet is when I have the choice of any player in the world to pick first I'm going with Neymar you know what we mm-hmm. we discussed the game against um Atalanta yeah. the game against Atalanta and I will admit that he didn't have his scoring boots on in that game but he was a one man wrecking, wrecking machine in that game there is no they were not that, coming that's close that's my point they were not coming close to getting back in that game without him whereas when I watch Bayern I honestly think 90% of the performances that Bayern put across if you pulled Lewandowski from that team and you replaced him not even with Aubameyang not mm. like it doesn't have to be the absolute best striker in the world with a guy who's in 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 whatever even if you replace him with Chiro Mobile mm. this particular season they would have done exactly what they did in the competitions that they were playing in but yeah, when you look at like for instance the historic year that Messi had when he scored 80-90 goals I don't know, I 91 goals ridiculous number like that how many empty calorie goals did he have but we still look at that as a 91 um, that's 91 what I'm goals I'm per not, season but I'm, there were so many empty calories in there but what we look at is like wow the guy hit 91 and so we, we, we don't say good, ah, but, I, but in games against um, Betis when they won 6 Messi scored goal number 4 we're not looking at that we're looking at the fact that he scored a brace in that game or against um, Atletico he scored a brace or whatever we're looking at the numbers and the impact that those numbers gave to Barca did they win the league that season yes they did did they win the Champions League no they didn't they didn't they were, they were quarter semi-finals. semi-finals but I'm just saying with you we are looking at what team. If you take away Lewandowski goals, if you take away 50-something goals, I mean, you score the entire campaign. I don't know, because I know across the league, 53. 53 or 4. Where, where are Bayern? Do Bayern win all those things? No, no. Maybe but they might win the league. Are you replacing those goals? Are you replacing? Because if you just take them away. That's what I'm saying. If you take, if you take out a uh, uh, thingy, Neymar, or Fago Hazard, not this season Hazard, but a prime Hazard. We're talking PS- about this PSG. season. We're talking about this year. We're talking about this year. But that's why I'm trying to reflect on the fact that we, okay, for two months this year, then I'm so, happy That's why to, I mentioned like the Aubameyang and why I mentioned Chiro Immobile as well. I wouldn't mention Chiro in any just, other just year. Just only because tabs. Okay, on, fine. Like, then if we're just focusing down and we're not looking at like a whole spectrum of talent and input, just 2020, I'm happy with Lewandowski. I have no... I am not bitter about that selection. I, I, I really do think that because the, the thing that you just said, I don't think there's anyone on the planet who's able to replicate what Neymar is able to do in on this day of 2020 as you and I sit across each other in the studio right now. I don't think so. Whereas with Lewandowski, I do think they, there are other players who are, who are able to replicate but what he does. But they didn't. So, so, because they don't play for Bayern. But here's, here's what I'm saying. Too. Your point is this, Uti. Neymar had a special year, right? No one could do what Neymar did in this particular calendar year. I don't. Wait, wait, I'm wait, saying wait. no one can score eleven goals because no one did. I, I'm not saying. I'm not saying that this is this is this is what I, I was saying. I'm not saying that Neymar had a more special year than Lewandowski, which is why I would not have given him Lewandowski's award. I have no qualms about Lewandowski getting that award. The question of who the best player is on Kevin De Bruyne is the best player in in, in or maybe that's up for debate now. Mm. Actually, Kevin De Bruyne or Bruno Fernandes, right? I believe they have a greater impact. And with Bruno Fernandes, especially having watched him in more closely, it's like Bruno Fernandes hands down. And yet, yet he is not—he is not propelling Manchester United to a place where they can truly challenge Liverpool. You know, mm. but I—I I, I do think that he is able to do things on on a football pitch. Not 
even just just down to like how special he is he's able to impact games like no other player at Liverpool even you know so that's what I'm saying in terms of but if you if you were to give the award of if if one of the Liverpool players gets an award for the the player of, of the year I wouldn't have any qualms about that you know but you let me ask you this question then as a counter and I hope it swings my way if who's the best player in the, in, in the EPL right now for you right now yeah I might give it to Bruno. If you're starting, if you're starting a team five aside, you pick Bruno over Kevin De Bruyne. If I'm starting a team yeah. five aside, I'm 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 picking Pulisic. See what I mean? That, this, that, is what, that this, not... is, this is this is what I mean. The thing is, the thing is, Pulisic has been down with injury. What Pulisic did at the and I would have said this if what Pulisic did towards the end of last season, if he kicked on this season where he wasn't out with injury, I'll tell you now. This is what I was saying. The moment that Pulisic is consistently in, in, in the Chelsea team and I think he's the most talented player on, on in that squad. When he hits the stride, the heights that his talent can hit, it's over for everyone in the EPL, in my opinion. I probably would agree, but I go back to impact. So, so far, Chuck, I there are special players in football where like... Like Danielson. Danielson is a special no, dribbler, not, but did no, nothing not for the Danielson, game. Not Danielson. Was he not a special dribbler? No. How many people could do no, what Danielson was no, doing with the ball? No, not Danielson, Chuck. Like Ronaldinho. Yes. Like... the. Th- the reason, for example, when you're asking me, what was the question you're asking? You, you, you were saying um, empty calorie calls, for yeah. example, and, and, and Messi. Do you know, according to me, and mm. I'm a Messi fan, and I'm, but I'm going to say this because I'm, I'm, I'm also... Preach. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'd like to think that I'm, I'm, I'm fair-minded. The reason, I, I believe, the reason, the only reason that Cristiano Ronaldo is even in a debate with Messi as who is better is because there are things... That, that Cristiano Ronaldo has done. There are goals he scored at high leverage moments which say th- his goals in those moments. When Cristiano Ronaldo is scoring a semi-final hat-trick in the, in, in the, in the Champions League, that is, that is not like scoring. That is even better than scoring like five goals against who, like Eibar <laughs> in, in case, La Liga. Yeah. You know? So when you ask me, when we, I, I do think some goals are, weight, goals are different, are weighted differently. You know, in the 53-54 goals, that Lewandowski scored. I don't think all of them were very important to the result of a particular match. Some of them were just like a gloss. Does that take away from him? No, it doesn't take away from him. It adds to the fact that this guy is clinical. He's he's a great goal scorer. But he might be a great goal scorer. But you know who's a scorer of great goals? Neymar. I, I'm sorry, That's the best player on the planet. Yeah. No, you know what? Let's let's go down to our own accolades and nominations, which Jake cannot piggies at me. Uh, shout out to Ronaldo, player of the century. Guys, that means Uguti for as long that as... That mean, doesn't mean guys. anything. This was an award given in Dubai. <laughs> in Dubai. And they even call it soccer. It's a soccer award Jeez. in Dubai. I'm not let's, having this conversation with you this, right now. It's fine. Let me We're just, moving on to our own thing. Let me just have this one line. But this is facts though. <laughs> for as long as we live, there is not going to be any other player because we're not going to live past 100 years. So Ronaldo is the greatest you've seen, the greatest you will see, the greatest of all because time. Because some guys Put who, that who mine oil in the Middle East decided to give out a football award. And who the hell gives out a player of the century award 20 years into the century? Jay, There's because like 80 more years to go. Jay, after the coronavirus hit, we club we are we need to make oh, sure we, so get, like we, we get our books in order. Yeah. Our books in order Hell no. If the world Hell were to no. end now, let it be known. I'm not even recognizing CR7. that award. That's why I didn't even make it to the show notes. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, this is this is the two up front 2020 rap. Uh, these are our categories. We've got Athletes of the Year, Buffoon or Moomish of the Year, 
Sporting moment of the year. Now, the sporting moment of the year is one we'd like to replay over and over again. Just hits the sweet spot. Our 2020 low light, and we're going to finish off with a quote of the year. You want to start off, Jay? What am I starting off with? The athlete. Whichever one you want to go, okay. I'll, I'll counter. I, I, think, I think I'll end with the athlete. So I want to start off with <laughs> buffoon of the year. And my the people who went into my thinking were Keza Chiefs for blowing a 10-point lead in the year that their team <laughs> was turning 50 years old. Yeah. Really? And also I considered uh, the Barcelona president, former president at this point, Bartomeu, and everything that was his beef with Lionel Messi, everything that led to Lionel Messi giving interviews saying that he was bamboozled, he was hoodwinked by this guy, and he made him promises that he did not keep. And that played out with Barcelona losing 8-2 against um, Bayern Munich. But my choice for the buffoon of the year is Cricket South Africa in its entirety. As we speak, right? As we speak, Cricket South Africa have a have have Ompile Ramela, who was part of the interim board, and it, it it came out that he was he was fired. He was relieved of his duties because he is an impediment. He doesn't want to go with what the majority goes with, and they came out with a statement saying that he's no longer part of the board. Ompile Ramela says he insists that he's still part of the board. What? <laughs> and this is is to add to the fact that they kept firing people, making appointments, and it is a, a carousel. It is a circus over there. And most glaringly, there was the matter of how they handled race. Mm. There were the there were the quotes, and I think you might come out to this. There were the quotes by Buta Dipana and Pat Simcox. Buta Dipana saying that Black Lives Matter is is a movement rooted in Marxism. What the hell? Nonsense. And then there were the stories that came out. Makayantini, um, who we thought was this guy who's just dedicated to fitness and would jog to cricket grounds from the hotel. But he came out telling us that the reason he did that is because he didn't want to be on the bus with the other players because they made him feel lonely mm. in that environment. And the newly appointed director of cricket, Graham Smith, was also in the row when uh, Tami Tzolakile was speaking on the Robert Marora show mm. about his banning from cricket and how he said, I quote, the decision to give Amy DeVillis the gloves over him when Mark Boucher went down with an injury and he was called into the squad. Tami Tzolakile said, and again, I quote, was rooted in racism. Whether that was the case or not, um, I'm not the one to say it was or it wasn't, but he he actually highlighted Graeme Smith as a participant in that kind of action. Mm. Graeme Smith, as I'm saying, who holds the position he does now, had to then come out with uh, a defense against that. And then, as we know, Lungingiti was the one who called for maybe we should take knee, but then Cricket South Africa have decided that they will be the one of the only uh, fraternities that do not do that. Um, Cricket South Africa, a team that represents South Africa. South Africa, a country who has the history that they do with racism. So my buffoons are there, are the entirety of Cricket South Africa. So I was going to put in Jake Logan. I think it's Jake or it's Paul, one of them who fought recently. One of those YouTube stars. <sighs> Man, if you look at all the nonsense that they put up on the Eclipse, um, going at McGregor, Dana White, and all the boxers and UFC stars... It's ridiculous. But more so because this guy is like a nobody and all of a sudden he figures it was boxing. And man, you are just making the sport look cheap. You're not making the sport look easy. You're not you're not I mean if you look at people who go into training camp, go on a diet, train, actually build uh, and develop technique and, and they have all these rigorous um routines to get to peach match fitness or, or, or match condition. People who are at the top of the game and then you have a YouTuber doing boxing. 
Yeah, sure. You wish I would. I think it's Paul Robinson, but or Nate, sorry, Nate Robinson, but Nate Robinson dude, was also buffoon. Same, yeah. Especially with his comments, yeah. <laughs> it was all it was all nonsense. I mean, we saw it from the Conor McGregor Mayweather, but now it's descended into even worse depths. Boxing should take a moment, take a breather, think. What are we doing to sports? Like, yeah. I think we should let Crawford, Spence, Canelo, people who are serious about the sports, to fight. If you're a YouTuber, don't give them a boxing license. Don't even let them do a show. Let them do it at their own expense, in their own backyard. and they, with, the sports. Yeah, with their own... But... People want to watch it. Yeah. So, what... Cricket South Africa trumps that again. <laughs> <laughs> because it this really time, does, yeah. I've got the quote from Buta Dipena and Pat Simcox. Just so you remember, Wuti, what nonsense is that? How low it went? Twitter fingers. Twitter fingers. Um... Huh. There we go. Former opening batsman, and I'm reading, quoting from News24. I'm afraid to say Black Lives Matter have, have become nothing more than a leftist political movement. I would suggest that Lungi Ngiti listens a bit more to, to the likes of Thomas Sowell, Larry Elder, Walter Williams, and Milton Friedman. All lives matter. If you want me to stand shoulder to shoulder with you, Lungi, then stand shoulder to shoulder with me in regards to former tax. Former off-spinner Simcox added, what nonsense is this? He must take his own stand if he wishes. Stop trying to get protests involved in his beliefs. Besides the fact that right now Cricket South Africa should be closed down, a proper dog and pony show with cricket being dragged through the mud daily, buy popcorn and watch. Now when Giddy has his next meal, perhaps he, should, he would rather consider supporting the farmers of South Africa who are under pressure right now, a cause worth supporting. Simcox, Buddha, what nonsense you guys are telling us because here's something that you guys are not aware of. If someone is fighting for basic human rights, they're making a stand not just for themselves but for you. The fact that black lives will be inclusive and, and considered means that everyone will be con- con- uh, considered and included. The fact that you guys are finding offense with someone who's trying to make a stand for themselves and trying to bring awareness to the protests about... Because the Tamil Solikila stories, they're new to us because we've just heard them, but Cricket South Africa knows of these stories. The Makayantini stories are there and these things exist. For someone to shed light and say, okay, guys, let's finally do something about it and you get that kind of backlash, guys, that's beyond ignorance. If you don't yes. know what to say, keep your mouth shut. All right. Well said, Chuck. Uh, moving from that, what is your moment of the year? Man, it, it, I like how sports... Um, there's a couple. I don't know if I have an outright one. I like how sports made, made a stand for the issue of racism. That they weren't just talking about it. Um, sporting personalities went to social media. Um, the league takes a stand. I mean, the EPL is still taking it till this day. Like, it's yeah. five months later and they're still doing it. And, and, and I applaud that. And I'm grateful that they're still doing it because they even have campaigns now. Every message you see, the black lives do matter. I like the fact that Lewis Hamilton took a knee. I like the fact that even tennis players did that. And the whole world became alive to the fact that black people are dying. Black people are being treated unfairly for no apparent reason. And the reason is racism. But racism is stupid. That's why I say for no apparent reason. And... We're becoming an institute that is sport, that are highlighting key, key, key issues. And I think because Black Lives Matter and we take a knee, people like Megan Rapinoe can now stand up and, and voice their concerns and their beliefs. And we can now include everybody when we say that life is normal, that we are including and we're understanding everybody's struggles. Um, but coming on the tail of that, Paris finally won something, dog. That's my highlight of the year. Oh, yes. But what trumps that? It's Chiefs losing. <laughs> wow. I know Paris won the league, but... The rivalry runs deep. If there was a moment I could replay over and over again, it's how Chiefs lost, well, 13 points. 
in the space of like six games, <laughs> all gone, wow. like post lockdown. Nothing makes me happier than that, dog. Like I, I, I'm happy we got a trophy, but if there was a moment I would play over and over again, <laughs> it has to be that, dog. Well, for me, I have to say it was the moment that Ismaila saw went through against the Liverpool defense, scored two goals to lead Watford to a 3-0 win, and thus cancelling Liverpool's campaign for an undefeated and invincible season, thus leaving Arsenal as the only <laughs> team still to be considered invincibles. Well, that ranked very highly, but it was not that. For me, it was LeBron James winning an NBA championship. It was just LeBron James saying, I want my damn respect too. It's been a while since I've seen number 23 lift the Larry O'Brien trophy and that was my highlight. Would you give him the athlete of the year? No, 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 no. No, no you give that not, not quite, not quite. I wouldn't give him the athlete of the year, although he has actually scooped up all of those in America. Mm. My athlete of the year is Lewis Hamilton. Um, right. For the fact that with, with everything that you've just noted that has been happening in the world, in the lives of the more melanated people in this world, for Lewis Hamilton to go out there and represent as he has represented and not be shy and not and not um, tread back into the shadows, but to be loud and proud um, with his messages. Even when he won his most recent world championship and he said that while he has this platform and people are watching him, he will mm. he will he will he will continue putting out the messages that he he is. But just purely on a sporting on a sporting level, uh, Lewis Hamilton went and took Michael Schumacher's um, race victory record. He matched his world championship records. He also has the pole position record. He has the record for amount of times stepped onto a podium. And I don't think it quite has the fastest laps yet, but he is very close to that as well. I as I as I said when we when we covered one of his uh when he broke when he matched Michael Schumacher and we covered that feat that mm. I, I did not think growing up watching Schumacher, I did not think I'll live to see those records um touched and to have seen it done so quickly. One is disappointed because I'm a Schumacher Ferrari fan, but I'm not actually disappointed because it is Lewis Hamilton. I I I respect someone who can go into a sport and, 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 and actually come out as the best to ever do it and this year lewis hamilton by the numbers certified himself as the goat so he is my athlete of the year speaking of numbers nobody has had an impact uh as great as the person about to name since his january transfer bruno fernandez has been amazing such a homer. I mean, I mean, now think about it. I mean, wherever you want to put up as, as, as great and impactful, those players are great. They're probably more talented than Bruno. But in 2020, no one can touch Bruno numbers. I mean, he was called Penandes because he was a penalty merchant and he quickly shut those mouths up. Um, he's integral to United. I mean, United are where they are because of Bruno. United finished where they are because of Bruno. I don't think 2020 has been better served for us United fans and finding Bruno. So we're thankful. You know, there's that video of Bruno Fernandes when he's leaving his house and his daughter is wrapped around his leg. Can't help but think this is how Manchester United fans feel about him. This is how the like, Manchester United board probably are throwing money at him. It's like people are if, saying Pogba can go. Leave, like, Please don't leave us. <laughs> people are even saying Pogba can go because Bruno's here. So I give that to him. Low light. My low light. It's it's very <laughs> it's very murky because I don't have my memory in in, in, in proper check. But 
for me, it's been the Proteus, man. Not just the, the, the CSA, but Proteus performances this year have been... Like, I've been even reluctant to speak about Proteus on this podcast because every time we're due to record... Chuck is hurt, guys. Either Sierra Liwa... Pray for Chuck. Or we've just gotten a big Send hammering. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I couldn't bring myself to mention the Proteus on this podcast. I'd love to because we were once number one in all formats. But where we are right now, like, since the, 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 the World Cup, everything's been... Crumbling down, we've come crashing down. Everything has been not pop up. Yeah, like everything is just after. <laughs> it's a mess. <laughs> so, yeah, for me, I mean, I'd love to celebrate the protest, but nah, they've done nothing for me this year. You know what? My my low light is Arsenal. I I thought I, I thought after the win in the FA Cup, we were going to kick on the season, but we touched fifteenth and are still there, there about um, as per the recording of this podcast. And when I when I set up supporting Arsenal and it was just Arsenal Manchester United going back and forth for the EPL title, eventually culminating in that invincible season, I never thought, never thought we'd get here. So my low light is Arsenal, and I just want to actually put in a caveat: we the, we we're not overlooking the people who whose lives we've lost in yeah, yeah. this year. As a low light, we we just decided that we we will set that aside because. We know um, in, in people's personal lives and also in, in the sporting arena, losing the figures that we have lost is the low light for all of us. But in, just in terms of uh, what has happened on the field, those are our low lights. And I will then end off on that note with my quote of the year that came from Leo Messi when he was eulogizing Maradona on his Instagram. And he said, Diego is eternal. Mm. I quite appreciated that because I, I know that everyone was waiting to see what Leo is going to do because when he started off his career he was the next Maradona mm-hmm. and he is the heir to Diego in, in so many facets because of how their games mirror each other so for him to come out and say that regardless of the fact that Diego is gone he is eternal in the minds and in the hearts of all footy lovers yeah, which is why some people named such legends as Abu Moreno I got two um, mine are on the comical side. A certain Ben Dolman tweeted, We bring on Bale, West Ham bring on Lanzini. You know how that game ended. <laughs> yup. But here's my favorite from Ian Wright. Can I just say something? I'm going to blast this in. If Arteta is managing United, oh my they're God. challenging for the title. <laughs> <laughs> Ian Wright, Ian Wright, coach of the year. Challenging for the title at 15th. Guys, it's been. A good ride in it's 2020. Yeah, we've had like lockdown issues. We've stopped the pro- uh, recording. We've come back, and it's good to be back. It's good to see the end. <laughs> Man, um, we're appreciative of all the listeners. It's been a been a good year, regardless of in terms of recording, um, regardless of of the hiccups that we've had. Um, 2021, we're gonna come on stronger, and I think only good things can happen for two up front in 2021. So, guys, listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Iono. Jay, what's your part in short? For yeah, I think the fact that we managed to find our way back to recording this podcast is, you can take that as a sign that maybe life will not go back to how it was, but maybe the things that we became accustomed to, the lives that we had settled into, those rhythms, we can go back to those lives soon enough. Guys, have a prosperous new year, and we will see you when the calendar goes from 20 to 21 and this century becomes an adult from jay i'm also audi this is chuck also giving you a reminder player of the century ronaldo stop it (laughs) i'm out